suicide game just yesterday It's made all that I learned The emptiness of life examined Hello out there and welcome to another episode of Things I Learned While Learning Other Things. This is an attempt by me, Joe Moran, and my brother, J.S., to provide you with a series of interesting, informative, educational, and we hope enjoyable stories that will help you navigate through those high seas of life. Welcome to our podcast number 150, Bioblast number 17, The Titrating Toxin King, Part 5. Subtitled, well, don't kid yourself, we've got nothing over those ancients. And before we get into the heart of the matter, the discussion of the exploits and travails of King Mithridates, it's important that we refresh We've been discussing Mithridates, king of Pontus, along the south coast of the Black Sea, a kingdom consisting um, mostly of what we have come to know as Anatolia, equating to modern Turkey. We are talking about the year 100 BC. And Mithridates was considered and is considered by historians then and now, one of the Roman Republic's three most dangerous enemies ever, placing him on a rather exclusive list with Hannibal of Carthage, you know, who had won his fame by having inflicted upon Rome a number of crushing battlefield defeats, immense in scope and shocking in nature, such as at Cannae, where in 216 BC, Hannibal, with an inferior-sized force, through superior generalship, outmaneuvered and trapped and destroyed an estimated 50 to 70,000 allied Roman legionnaires. This would qualify from Rome's standpoint as a disaster. And Hannibal would go on to torment the Romans for 16 years. And then there there was the famous Spartacus. He led the slave revolt against uh, Rome between the years 73 and 71 BC. A Thracian from what would be modern-day Bulgaria, he'd been uh, enslaved after desertion from and captured by the Roman army. And Spartacus later became famous as well for being a gladiator. And when, and when he and uh, 70 others sought escape, Spartacus was chosen leader of that rebel movement that would morph into a real threat, a real threat to Rome. Such, such a threat that the Roman Senate ultimately decided to appoint General Crassus to lead eight Roman legions that would be necessary to put down the rebellion. That By the time um, it had grown exponentially to number nearly 30,000 what we would call today freedom fighters. This was no longer a simple you know, rabble of discontents or some ragtag, ragtag mob. No, this was the real deal. This was a force that needed to be reckoned with, confronted, and destroyed right away. And Crassus, well, he was up to the task. He agreed to the assignment. And there had proved no other volunteers willing and able to take up the arms necessary to put down this fierce rebellion. And, and while Spartacus um, demonstrated the tactical skills that he, 
he well may have learned and mastered while serving in the Roman army, he would be unable to hold out for long against a most determined, highly motivated general, as was Licinius Crassus, and whose superior force of highly disciplined, experienced, and well-provisioned legionnaires were going to provide. And when fighting came to an end, Spartacus was dead. And Crassus, known for his, you know, just a pure, outright, simple, vicious brutality, even against his own men, that was perhaps best demonstrated by his reinstitution of the repellent practice of decimation as a punitive measure to prevent uh, upfront any possible hesitancy or resistance to the immediate and full implementation carrying out of any orders that Crassus might deem fit to order. You know, given Crassus's irrefutable indifference to ordering the murder of his own men, his own guys, it was mere triviality to then issue the order that Spartacus's 6,000-plus surviving rebels be crucified along the Appian Way uh, from the battle site to Rome. You know, just, just to make sure that anybody, anybody who might be contemplating or thinking about any action antithetical to the best interests of Rome, uh, they ought to think again. Wow. You know, and, and I remember thinking when I was like 15 years old living in Chicago and thinking what a hard ass Mayor Richard Daly was when during rioting he issued publicly police orders to, quote, shoot to maim all looters and shoot to kill all arsonists, end quote. Whoa, now that seemed like some serious business back then. But as it turns out, uh, you know, compared to Crassus, Mayor Daly was just a pussycat. So, moving along, we concluded Bioblast number 16 with the thought that we moderns, we Americans, perhaps more than any others, and perhaps out of outright arrogance and sheer ignorance, or both, you know, we believe the ancients were a people, were, a, were civilizations to be demeaned, decried, disparaged, um, castigated and depicted as no more than primitives or aboriginals, you know, archaic, pre-logical people, uneducated, unenlightened ignorance, backwards, naive, gullible, unsophisticated types, you know, easy prey for charlatans, um, believers in magic, you know, imposters, quacks, fraudsters, fakes, and pretenders, and as a result, were easily manipulated due to their fearful, childlike manner, you know, subject and controlled by mystical belief and sorcery. Hence, their willingness to accept as evidence of kingship and divine appointment a man such as Mithridates as sovereign, due in part to the signs from the heavens, as were demonstrated by the appearance from out of nowhere of the, whoa, the, the curved, long-tailed comet at the birth of Mithridates, followed by its sudden reappearance when he had shown up again to reclaim his crown. You know, but there exists ample evidence today that we Americans in the 20th century, 2,000 years removed from the era of Mithridates and the people whom resided and roamed the lands between the Aegean and Black and Caspian Seas, 
Well, we are just as susceptible to superstition, stargazing, the worship of false idols, and with a capacity for being deceived by charlatans taken in by fake news and inclined to delusion. Yes, to the same extent, no more, no less, than the ancients that we are so quick to ridicule. And I suggest, as Thucydides wrote 2,000 years ago, circumstances change, but human behavior does not. Our motivations remain the same today, despite the passage of time. Nothing about us has changed in 2,000 years. A human being then is the same as a human being now. But let me, let me illustrate um, this argument by picking some low-hanging fruit, if you will, from the sour vintage of history. You know, that people will believe in the craziest things. So let's begin with this. The Dutch tulip craze. Well, you might argue that was in the 1600s. Well, you're right. And the, the South Seas bubble. Well, yeah, that was, that was in the 1700s. And that wasn't the U.S. Well, yeah, but then we have Charles Ponzi. Hmm, that was 1920, and that was America. And then I had, uh-oh, Joseph Smith and L. R. Ron Hubbard to my personal list, which I suggest is representative of, of a myriad of religious cults of all sorts in this country, of all magnitudes of craziness. And that goes as well today as it did 100 years ago even. I have, I have no problem adding to the people, uh, you know, to this people's, um, cr you know, craziness, any modern religions or ancient religions we've adopted that hold the belief in virgin birth, transubstantiation, resurrection, the Holy Trinity, and stuff like that. No, I don't. Then, of course, there are people Crazy people that get followed. You might say, well, well, like who? Well, well, how about Jim Jones? David you know, Koresh and his Branch Davidians. Warren Jeffs, Heaven's Gate. Charlie Manson. The, you know, the whole burned over district in New York that yielded the Seventh-day Adventists, the Millerites, the Shakers. Oh, and the Mormons too, by the way. You know, then spice it you know, up with the more freaked out followers, you know, the end of days people of Harriet Livermore and Amy Semple McPherson. Um, I think there's a song here. Don't they know it's the end of the world? Well, for a, for a hearty laugh, laugh, toss in Bhagwan Sri Ranish in Antelope, Aragon. Whoa. Then, then toss in, I mean, really, my favorite. American belief in alien abductions with that fearsome practice. I've mentioned in the past the always horrifying, always frightening alien anal probe. Are you aware? 34% of Americans believe UFOs with aliens inside their craft have appeared near planet Earth. That's 100 million believers, folks. You know, mix in that thoroughly with a pinch of Bernie Madoff, who fooled deluded people for over 30 years without ever having carried out a single real stock trade, not one. And then, and then go bleed. Go bleed for Elizabeth Holmes, a complete fraudster, a freak of a human being, born with no heart but in possession of her magic box. Well, I'm talking you know, about the one that performs a miraculous blood test of whom she had so many believers and followers. How many people could she dupe? 
then revel in Sam Bankman Freed and the FTX Bitcoin crowd. And you tell me, we living in the 20th, 21st century are not subject to tomfoolery, delusion, chicanery, and idiocy? I, you know, I, I mean, do you believe like Pete Townsend and the Who were right when they told us in 1971, we won't get fooled again? <laughs> they may have wanted that to be true, by the way. They, they may even have thought it to be true, but they were wrong because it's not true. People are still being duped every day. The fact that, that drug addictions might have addled them a bit, you know, might have impacted their thinking, that's neither here nor there for this discussion. Now, for all our supposed growth and sophistication over the ancients, we Americans are still delusional and commit ourselves to long-term idiocies. And, and I offer you two final pieces of evidence before we get back to the discussion of Mithridates. The, the, you know, the first is just a, a sad story, demonstrative of, of the surprising lack of character and courage in an age you know, where absence of rationality overwhelms a society. A suggestion in this story. Watch The Wizard of Oz and study the part of the lion. The second story will, will, will be a moronic tale demonstrating just how easily a stupid people can be, you know, led to make in, astray, to make incredibly stupid decisions. You know, th we're like three-card Monty dupes. But today, we will close with this sad tale. You know, my Churchill hero worship remains strong and unwavering in the face of insane an insane PC world, PC movement that is America in the year 2023. Best illustrated in this case by, by a highly educated U.S. senator and, and of all things, a former astronaut, no less. I speak of Mark Kelly of Arizona. He has shockingly and pulsanimously caved into PC trolls and released to the public a statement apologizing for quoting, yes, having the insensitivity to dare to even quote Winston Churchill. He promised his triggered, moronic Democratic constituents he would keep them safe, never again to be traumatized by his mere mention of the name of Winston Churchill. For after being subjected to criticism for recognizing Winston Churchill, he announced he had gone back and studied, you know, researched Winston Churchill's and record, his record, and found it wanting that his accomplishments, whatever they might be, are overridden by his blatant, white, male, patriarchal, anti-feminist, chauvinistic, racist, imperialistic, homophobic, and Islamophobic views. And, and he was a warmonger to boot. I mean, Senator Kelly now recognized his embarrassing error. He has promised everybody. He has vowed that he will never again mention this reprehensible human being's name, Winston Churchill, ever again, ever, ever, ever. Whoa, Senator Kelly, what a researcher you must be. Thank God you've uncovered this monster, Winston Churchill, through your research 
All of it having been pointed out to you by the thinking PC crowd. Oh, no. Winston Churchill, a terrible human being on par with Adolf Hitler, Vlad the Impaler, Stalin, Mao, Pol Pot, uh, Genghis Khan, Ivan the Terrible, Lenin, and of course that, that little poisoner, Vladimir Putin. Hmm. And this is in the, the thinking of a U.S. senator who has been led to these conclusions. God, people can believe in the craziest things. You know, we need not go back to antiquity. No, we do not. To find people are subject to all sorts of false beliefs, moved by causes that defy explanation and rationality. Poor Senator Kelly. He now has to live with this wackiness in 2023. Not 100 BC, I point out. God, it must be so hard on his psyche. Who knows what will scare him next? An eclipse? And he's an astronaut. Well, now, the second story, we're going to save that for our next podcast. It's, it's an outright perverse tale from modern America and will demonstrate our desire to be led, to believe in false gods. A lying ignoramus, you know, an idiot will step forward and speak to the great unwashed. And he will tell them, hi, my name is Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. And you need to vote me into power as one of the hundred most powerful people in all America. I should be a U.S. senator. I am 29 years old. My experience, well, I am a Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E. E-D-Y. My credentials are out there to be reviewed. God, have mercy on us. He who despairs of the human condition is a coward, but he who has hope for it is a fool. So said Albert Camus, I think. And this is where I, I, I must say, thinking about this guy who is so unworthy of public office is so disabling, so disturbing. I must sign off right now. There'll be more about him as we begin our next Bioblast number 18, and then we're going to move into the accomplishments, feats, and disasters that face Mithridates. Mithridates. So as I sign off, thanks for listening. Have a good day. Be well. Bye-bye. Hope you'll tune in again. I am in a far-off place Half of a world away there's so much to do and there's so much to see Mother Nature's had her way There are mountains and valleys and beautiful hills Each vista something new And though my imagination's been captured My thoughts, they return to you So can you